Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us. Hope you had a great weekend. We're ready to kick off a new week. Thank you for letting us be part of your day. We're going to talk weather with DTN's Mike Pomerino. After the heat wave of last week and into the weekend, some relief. How much relief and where? We'll talk about that. Big ag tech meeting going on in Chicago. We'll be talking with uh, folks there and get an update on the ag technology and what kind of a look into the future, if you will. And we're going to look into the present as well as the future on some soybean trade issues. Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association, will be joining us on the program today. All that coming up, but right now we're going to talk news with Spencer Chase with AgriPulse Communications. Spencer, how are you? Doing good, Mike. I tell you what, if I was a corn stock, I'd be about a foot and a half taller after this weekend's weather in D.C. A lot of heat, a lot of humidity. Yeah, you got the heat that moved across. Nicer, it's more comfortable on the back side of that, so the relief is coming. I appreciate that. Please let me know when it's going to arrive because I'm getting desperate <laughs> over here. Well, good luck. Well, you do have a lot of hot air there in Washington, D.C. It may take a little longer. Speaking of which, let's talk about uh, the uh, work to get a budget deal done this week. Uh, what are you hearing? Well, obviously, that's going to be the uh, the thing that really takes up most of the legislative oxygen here in town this week. Uh, lawmakers are last week, they started expressing some optimism that they were going to uh, budget caps as well as a lift to the federal debt ceiling that would allow begin in earnest once lawmakers return in September. And so if they're going to get this done, uh, because the House is out of town after this week, the Senate is But uh, again, uh, the most influential man in Washington, D.C. is the statue of Ronald Reagan at the airport. People want to go home. Yeah, the pressure of meeting uh, a de- the deadline of a recess always seems to get them moving, doesn't it? Right, and uh, it really kind of spurs uh, spurs folks into action because you know it's an opportunity for them to uh, not only for them to kind of get out of D.C. and get back to their districts, but keep in mind a lot of folks are you know looking to get campaigning again, and and really this is an opportunity for for both sides and you know for all members of Congress to go back and say, listen, you know, we we can still work together on some things. This is still still an accomplishment that we can achieve. And it's really one that's going to be, you know, pretty necessary because there's some federal predictions that say the debt ceiling could be reached before uh, Congress would would be to get back in town in September. So there there is a sense of urgency, really, in more ways than one here. Meanwhile, USDA has uh, announced some trade promotion funding. Tell us about that. So what we know about that is it's uh, you know one of the three phases of the uh, trade mitigation package that the department announced in May, uh, similar to the package that was announced in 18. Uh, but this year, uh, a little bit less money in terms of the trade promotion funding, $100 million this year as opposed to $200 million last year. You know, a lot of the usual suspects were, were still on the receiving end uh, looking to take that money and either expand existing maybe create some new markets, uh, for some of those things that uh, the Department of Agriculture is looking to export. Ag Secretary was really intent that, you know, we can't be so reliant on uh, our products, he was uh, fond of saying. 
And so this is a way for them to do that. Uh, we also know that, you know, the department is looking to get market facilitation program checks uh, in the possibly. So to do that, release the details of how they're going to make that program work. And, uh, you know, we're told that that could happen here uh, at some point here this week. Yeah, we'll be watching closely for that. Meanwhile, this portion of the trade mitigation package, uh, the market like the American Soybean Association, U.S. Meat Export Federation, U.S. Grains Council, and others. As you said, uh, we've seen this before. Uh, the amounts are different this time, a little less. But uh, overall, these are very important programs for developing and establishing markets around the world. Right, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners, uh, either whether or not they know it, they have benefited from the $200 million that was spent last year. Uh, we know that there's a lot of organizations that took that money and used it to expand. I remember was at the uh, U.S. Meat Export Federation conference uh, in May and heard them talk about some export promotion that they did in Mexico. And uh, with the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, you know, coming potentially around the bend here, that's uh, an investment that could pay dividends in terms of increased meat exports to Mexico. Ag, you know, kind of looks to diversify its product mix and its export mix across the world. You know, it's it's going to have to build be through building relationships, foreign buyers and uh, foreign customers. Meanwhile, Spencer, today uh, some of the employees of the ERS and NIFA uh, start in Kansas City temporary. Uh, uh, but on just how many are going to make the move from D.C. to K.C. Right, and we saw some news uh, about a week ago today that uh, not uh, not a lot of folks are, are looking at making that move. And uh, there is even, you know, even as those numbers were announced, it was roughly two-thirds. I mean, give or take, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some issues with the math at play here, but roughly two-thirds are not planning on making that move. Comes out and says that the third that is, you know, that might be inflated a little bit just based on folks that... Uh, maybe don't have a job lined up yet, so they've uh, declared that they will move, and who knows, they could take a different opportunity between now and then uh, if they were to get a job uh, either in D.C. or elsewhere. And so really it's it's hard to say exactly how many folks are going to be working in that ERS and NEFA outfit uh, in Kansas City here in September. Which makes you wonder how does that impact the research that comes out of those agencies, and we'll be watching that closely. And meanwhile... Uh, still looking at the U.S.-China situation, there have been some phone calls. Uh, are we hearing anything about a possible next meeting, face-to-face -face meeting between the two sides? Well, we do know that there's some optimism that that could happen. Right now, it's uh, kind of getting back on, getting back in good relations uh, and doing that through phone calls. But keep in mind, U.S. trade officials are pretty busy here domestically, too. Uh, Robert Lighthizer is headed to Capitol Hill uh, again this week, as he has for the weeks previous, to meet with House Democrats on their USMCA concerns. So there's a lot, a lot of things going on the trade front, but we do know that they're in, uh, you know, potentially getting some resolution to this U.S.-China. And whether that's through a face-to-face -face meeting here in the next couple of weeks, or if it's going to take a little bit longer, uh, we do know the administration. Has we see that. Have negotiations. New Zealand trade deal. We'll see if anything uh, comes of that. Well, Spencer, thanks for being with us. Uh, should be another interesting week. Uh, hope that cool weather gets to you. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Spencer Chase with AgriPulse.
Communications. Coming up next, we'll talk about that weather, the heat wave that passed through, and now what's behind it and where the moisture is and uh, what do we see for the rest of the month of July. Here we are in a critical time for crop development. Mike Pomerino will be sitting in for Bryce Anderson today and our DTN meteorologist. That's coming up next here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Stay with us. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with an SPF of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. Well, Congress still has a lot to do in the short period of time before their August recess. One of the things that certainly the biodiesel industry would like to see get done would be a tax. About that now with former North Dakota Senator Byron Dorgan, do you see a path forward on this tax extenders package? I hope so. I hope there's a path forward. We're working very hard to try to do that. You know, when I was uh, a senator, I actually was one of the authors of the Renewable Fuels Standard to help create a renewable fuels industry with uh, ethanol and biodiesel and so on. And it's been unbelievably successful, actually. But but now we're kind of uh, finding some significant... I mean, we're... We're not getting the uh, the volume obligations out of the EPA. We're not getting uh, an extension of the tax credit. We've got some issues on trade that we've got to deal with. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section and after Dad's back injury. They helped when you were in pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Trouble with opioids can start at home with unused medicines, such as pills, patches, and syrups. You can remove the risk and protect your family. Find out how at www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, <clears throat> me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist Mike Pomerino. Mike, that was quite a heat wave that rolled across the country. It was. It, uh, you know, clearly if you're going to get something like this, it's going to happen in midsummer, and uh, it did. And, you know, with all that moisture we've seen uh, during the spring, uh, it just brought those humidity levels just through the roof. So the pretty tough to take, but fortunately it is now in the past. Yeah, what's on the backside now of that heat wave? Have an outstanding week of weather with uh, temperatures at or somewhat below normal and uh, quite a bit of sunshine. Uh, really not much in the way of any rain this week. Uh, should be a, a, a good week for crop growth uh, in the Midwest, and uh, Lord knows they need it. Those crops are running incredibly far behind. Now, rain, others didn't. Uh... How widespread was the, the moisture uh, here in the last couple days? Pretty widespread across the Midwest, uh, about a half inch to one and a half inches locally heavier. They did get shortchanged to a degree uh, uh, in parts of the plains, especially the southern plains. They had mostly just uh, scattered light showers. But most of the heart of the Midwest picked up uh, moderate to heavy showers and thunderstorms. All right, so what kind of system now is setting up for us? Well, it looks like a, a very favorable system. It, uh, you know, just not putting a lot should be a, a pattern right now that it looks like at least finishing out the rest of this month will not feature any uh, significant heat and uh, will feature periodic showers, but... Uh, mostly in the near to below normal side. But for the most part, you know, there's enough uh, soil moisture out there, and clearly there's plenty of subsoil moisture that, uh, you know, I'm not looking at uh, any trend towards a little drier than normal pattern to be of any concern. So you see this system carrying us into August. What does August look like? Well, again, right now, I think we will probably see another round of heat at some point uh, during the early to middle part of the month, but I don't think it will continue. Uh, and from here, uh, you know, was a very midsummer pattern, and uh, it broke down pretty easily when the jet stream decided to uh, drop southward and bring that cooler air in, and I think that'll happen again. And that really is what we're keeping an eye on, Mike, because that, I think, the most critical weather right now is not through, because I don't think there's going to be any major issues, but the fall conditions, because of this late crop, if, uh, if an early freeze shows up, and I can't discount the fact that it could, based on these patterns, uh, this could really be an issue uh, for corn and beans, um, you know, as we move into September and October. Yeah, a lot of focus on that. When do you get to the point where you start feeling fairly confident about uh, predicting when that freeze might come, or uh, how much further along do we have to get on that? 
Oh, we have to get a lot further along. I think all you can do right now is just set the stage and let people know what the big concerns are. But in terms of, you know, uh, whether or not you get an early freeze is, is really quite a crapshoot because normally the way the patterns run in the fall is that you will bring down a cold air mass, you know, and you'll get cold for a day or two, but if it doesn't time out just right, uh, and let's say there's some clouds or wind around that doesn't allow you to cool off enough, then you could go mild again for a period of several weeks uh, behind that cool air mass. So, it, you know, it's one of these deals where you probably wouldn't have a great feel for something like this until probably within five to seven days of the event. So those that are already making predictions on that, uh, they're kind of they're kind of guessing, right? So they, it's too soon to know that. Well, it, it definitely is, but I coin here the fact that this crop is running so late. You know, it's running ten to fourteen days behind normal in the western belt, and two to three weeks behind normal in the eastern belt. I think that you know, even though you may be talking about an early freeze, you're not really forecasting it per se. But I think you've got to bring attention to everyone that, you know, that an early freeze this year is probably going to carry with it more significance in the year. So, you know, the effects could be devastating if it occurs. So clearly you have to keep it front and center in people's minds. We're talking with DTM meteorologist Mike Palmerino. Mike, as you look around the globe, we know other areas have had their challenges weather-wise as well. Europe had a lot of heat. Uh, has that improved over there? It has. Uh, you know, the core of the heat's been down in Spain. That's where they've really been hit pretty badly down in there. But, again, that's not a, you know, a big, big growing area, especially during the summer. But it has made its way at times up into uh into France, Germany, um, but it's broken down, too, you know, similar to what we see here, where it shows up for a few days, it can be quite extreme for a few days, but then it, it, it breaks down and, and the cooler weather comes in. So, you know, ultimately it's concerning, but I don't think because of the fact that it's not lasting for a week or more that it, it just isn't a major uh, of major concern, but it, it could certainly uh, cut back on some, uh, you know, corn production in areas like France. All right, so we saw what happened from Barry, uh, flooding in, you know, Arkansas, Louisiana, those areas, some needed moisture in other areas. Storm brewing out there that we should be watching yet? Not at this point. Things are... Uh, Pretty quiet, although I wouldn't be surprised if that changes uh, as we head into August because of the fact that the Pacific, which, you know, sort of had been at kind of marginal El Nino levels for the last few months, appear to be dropping pretty significantly right now and have dropped back to normal. And uh, when you lose that El Nino, that does tend to increase the threat of tropical systems in the Atlantic because you don't have as much what we call wind shear to tear up these systems to not allow them to develop. So I would think, uh, Mike, going forward here, that things could get uh, rather active as we go into the uh, big tropical months of uh, August and uh, September. 
for those either wrapping up or getting into weed harvest, uh, what kind of weather are they looking at? Uh, pretty good. You know, I think we're pretty much done. We'll see what the numbers show today in Kansas. Uh, you know, a very late harvest be pretty much wrapped up. And uh, rainfall-wise, it looks like mostly uh, below normal rainfall for the uh, um, hard red winter wheat areas as we go up into Nebraska and uh, and the Dakotas and Colorado this week. And it also looks like a uh, pretty a dry week for any remaining wheat harvest uh, in the southeast and Midwest this week. So, yeah, I think we're going to finish that harvest up pretty nicely here, uh, you know, by the end of the month. This seems like, it, it sounds like the calmest uh, uh, forecast we've had in some time here in 2019. There's always been a problem. This seems to be the most uh, uh, positive forecast we've had in a while. Well, I think it is. You know, there, there's a lot of underlying problem here, the lateness of the crop. But in terms of current weather pattern, if this crop was, you know, developing on, you know, this weather pattern would be ideal. And, and I think that's probably what you're alluding to, that, yeah, the pattern looks good for a crop that would be developing normally at this point in time. These weather patterns are not going to rapidly improve that development though you know we're going to be looking at a crop that's still significantly behind normal uh at the end of august and and i think that's where the time bomb lies in that uh you know if that freeze comes in and i can't rule it out at this point it it could be one of the uh you know most damaging early freezes that uh uh, the midwest has ever seen maybe you know uh, i know the big one was back in 1974 uh you know, I, I don't want to get too alarmist here, but that potential exists. It's all in the future. It's all that fall weather pattern. Yep, that's what we'll be uh, focused on next. It's just my, what I was alluding to is, uh, you know, we went from cool. Now it just kind of it's leveled out for a while, but we'll see what lies ahead. Mike, thanks for sitting in for us today. We appreciate it. You're welcome, Mike. Take care. Mike Pomerino, DTN meteorologist big ag tech meeting going on in chicago we will get the latest on that and look into the future of ag technology stay with us here on aoa adams on agriculture hi this is mike adams you're listening to aoa at away more adams on agriculture coming right up thanks for listening to adams on agriculture from the american ag network we're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture the farm bill immigration reform reducing regulations trade new technology as well as infrastructure and health care through the year adams on agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events subscribe to the show's podcast at americanagnetwork.com Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. 
Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. In the grain and oil seed sector, we've got minus signs in front of the changes in corn and in soybeans, wheat futures defensive as well. November soybeans surged to a sharply higher close on Friday as extreme heat conditions triggered concerns over the condition of the crop. We'll get an update on crop conditions later on this afternoon from USDA. Brazilian farmers will grow a crop of 123.8 million metric tons of soybeans in the 2019-2020 growing season. That, according to private consultant Safras E. Mercado, that would be a record. New crop November soybeans at the Board of Trade down six at nine thirteen and a quarter. December corn down four and a half at four thirty-one and a quarter. On the upside, the twenty-day moving average is resistance at four forty-two and three quarters of a cent, according to the wire tuck. In the wheat futures, an hour into this Monday, Chicago, September down four and a quarter, four ninety-eight and a quarter. Kansas City, September, down a penny and a quarter at 438 and three quarters. Minneapolis Spring Wheat, September, down two at 527. Nearby August contract, 15 cents higher at 107.60. Seven cents unchanged, 108.57. Two at 140.30. Lean hog futures, the August contract down 75 at 83.12. Higher at 79.42. The Dow is down 5, NASDAQ up 52, S&P up 5, crude oil up 30 cents. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready. And health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Thanks. Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Ag Tech Nexus USA going on today and tomorrow in Chicago, sponsored by the Illinois Soybean Association. Joining us now is Megan Miller, Manager of Ag Innovations and Tech Transfer for the Illinois Soybean Association. Megan, thank you for this event in Chicago. First of all, who is there? 
Yeah, hi, Mike. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we have a wide range of folks here from venture capital firms to entrepreneurs and innovators, big thinkers in ag, and of course, we have some of our world-class soybean producers in attendance as well. Okay, tell us about the purpose of this event. So ISA, or the Illinois Soybean Association, has been working really hard to um, culture an ag tech ecosystem in Illinois and more widely in the Midwest. And so um, we are um, hoping to have all of these folks here to introduce the resources that um, the Midwest has to offer, such as big innovation in St. Louis and also um, world-class farmers in the I-States, and also world-class research institutions as well. To look at the potential of ag technology, and especially can be a home Yes, exactly. You know, we know we're not going to get all of our Midwestern These folks are very interested in agriculture, and so we to bring all these folks here um, to be our, our producers in, in their territory. Give us an idea of some of the, uh, the types of technology that are being discussed and the potential that is there uh, to come to the Midwest. Yeah, so there is everything from newly developed technology um, and very kind of um, just infantile technologies, things we're, we're thinking of um, just very innovative and very new. So something um, the Illinois Soybean Association is interested in are um, automated vehicles, not necessarily, you know, to replace um, a farmer driving a tractor in the field, but really to help with um, grain logistics and grain delivery um, and making sure that those trucks could be running potentially even 24 hours a day and um, helping with some of that on-farm labor. So that's something um, the Illinois Soybean Association is really excited about. But at AgTech Nexus, there's a microbial company, the synthesis. There's all kinds of cool things happening at the conference. Now, this conference uh, has been held on the east and west coast before, right? Chicago in the Midwest uh, goes with what you were saying to show what the Midwest could offer. This technology being developed here. Yeah, exactly. That was part of why uh, we really wanted to help sponsor and co-host this conference was to bring it to the Midwest. And um, we're actually going to be um, helping to host a field day tomorrow, um, which will be a part of the conference. And so this will allow um, what is the scale of 2,000 acres and what does that mean if you're trying to manage all of those acres or even get down to the sub-meter level and um, manage plant by plant. So we're hoping um, they, they're very inspired by seeing our, our corn and soybean fields in the Midwest. So you're bringing people, for lack of a better term, out of the laboratory and putting them more uh, on the ground closer to the uh, agriculture to where they're technology that they can develop in those labs will be applied. Yeah, exactly. You know, we want to see ag tech development move away from just a widget or some sort of attachment on a sprayer to full systems of technologies that, you know, will 
um, you know, automate all of your reporting on the farm or, you know, make your, your lending easier or, as I talked about earlier, you know, deliver your grain in a more efficient fashion. And so, you know, we really want to see these innovators out on the farms in the Midwest so they're able to understand the problems growers have here and able to apply solutions to them. That also allows farmers, right, to have some input into this development. Yes, exactly. You know, uh, there are a lot of great minds entering ag, and they didn't necessarily grow up on the farm. And sometimes just having that connection to a farmer allows them, you know, just more insight into kind of what the day-to-day of managing a row crop farm in the West, in the Midwest is like. We're talking with Megan Miller, Manager of Ag Innovations and Tech Transfer for the Illinois Soybean Association. Associations sponsoring AgTech Nexus USA going on today and tomorrow in Chicago. Uh, Megan, there's always a lot of talk about sustainability, different uh, definitions of sustainability. Um, how is that and uh, through technology? Sustainability is being approached from pretty that you can think about, you know, Going to allow for less herbicide sprays to um, technologies that will allow a farmer to manage their farm better and be more profitable. So, every sustainable profitability to actual sustainable farming practices are being discussed. Um, one of our growers, uh, our farmer directors, David Wetzel, will actually be on a regenerative ag panel later today. So, that is definitely a topic that's being discussed here at Ag Tech Nexus. Are we talking about things here that right now might sound like, hey, those are good ideas or that well, that's interesting as, as possibility? Get more of this technology as uh, half, we have to have it to be food and fiber that the world needs in, the, in a changing environment and climate moving forward. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, the vision of the Illinois Soybean Association is to make the Illinois soybean producers the most knowledgeable, profitable, and sustainable in the global marketplace. And part of that is definitely embracing technology in an ever-digitizing world, Um, having to market their grain in are wanting more and more information about the farm and a lot of these technologies enable that reporting to be easier and allow that data collection to be easier for the farmer and that's something we're really excited to see happen. What are the biggest challenges to bringing more of this research and innovation uh, development to the Midwest and away not you know not that it can't be done on the coast but uh, your one of your goals here is to see it move more to the middle of the country what are the challenges in getting that done? You know, I think one of the biggest challenges is these tech centers have just historically been on on the coast, you know, whether it's biotech in Boston or Silicon Valley. But because this is ag tech and they're developing this for row crop producers, bringing it to the Midwest will allow them to allow this technology to be developed exactly where their customers are. And so we're hoping with, you know, places like Research Park at U of I, um, uh, venture capital firms like Sarah Ventures Downstate or even STG in Chicago, well, you know, this is already happening to some extent in the state, and we're hoping by showcasing that we'll be able to attract more of those people here as well. It also means bringing jobs, right, and a boost to the economy. Yes. yes. To, 
to build the economy at the Illinois Soybean Association, whether it's directly from soybean sales or not. There's a lot of folks that go um, that go into supporting a farm, and we're here to support not only the soybean farmer, but also the folks that support them as well. You know, I mentioned this earlier. Some of this sounds like, you know, way out there, and, uh, and maybe someone listening would think, well, I don't know if I... When you look at the challenges we face in food production, uh, we're going to be looking to these uh, types of technologies more and more for answers to a lot of the, the challenges that we face in agriculture. Yes, exactly. We want to make sure that as things are changing and evolving, that our growers are prepared. And so if there is a huge shift in production or, or a huge shift in weather, that our growers are be able to use technology to be resilient to that. And we're hoping that even, you know, some of the technologies we're hearing about today that maybe not are not applicable right now, that, you know, if that's something that is needed later on, that our growers have access to that and it's available in their tool belt. And also having it uh, not only available but affordable is a challenge as well for those in agriculture. Yes, yes. You know, that is one of the first questions our producers are always asked is what is the particular piece of technology and, um, you know, delivering suites of solutions that really integrate the whole farm allow that ROI conversation to be a lot better than just, just, a, just a small widget or attachment. Well, sounds like a lot of uh, very interesting topics there, and I think a significant uh, uh, move, just an accomplishment, just getting the event itself to be held in the Midwest. Well, thank you very much. We, we appreciate that compliment, and, and we're here to help our farmers be the most um, tech-savvy as possible, and we hope they see value in this event. I think even ha we normally talk to Bryce Anderson, our DTM meteorologist, uh, on Mondays, but and you know he was traveling. I think he's at your event, right? Yes, I saw a couple people from DTM this morning. Their table is actually right across from ours, so yeah, there's quite. A yeah, I thought so. All right, well, Megan, thank you very much. Uh, glad to hear that uh, big event is here, and. Uh, Illinois Soybean Association, the sponsorship. Uh, sounds like a good meeting. Thanks for being with us, giving us a report on what's going on there. Thank you so much. Take care. Megan Miller, Manager of Ag Innovations and Tech Transfer for the Illinois Soybean Association. And again, the Illinois Soybean Association sponsorship bringing that big event uh, to, the US, uh, to the Midwest. It's normally held on the, either the East or West Coast, uh, but... Um, this year here in uh, the Midwest, in Chicago, Ag Tech Nexus USA. Well, up next, we have some trade issues to talk about I'll talk along the lines of soybeans. We'll talk about some trade issues, also some uh, ag promotion funding for the American Soybean Association announced by USDA. We'll talk about that. American Soybean Association, Ryan Finlay, he joins us next here on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up.
Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything, editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. I spend a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain, sleet, and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. In 05, I helped you get out of a ditch. Yeah, I know I'm a bit rusty, and sadly in 09, it was sparks from me, your handy chains. Dragon behind your truck started a wildfire. Sparks from dragging chains can start a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. Recently on Adams on Agriculture... So recently at um, a hearing on... quite a bit from the emerging plant-based foods industry. And one of the comments we heard from uh, someone with a food, a New York group that promotes plant-based foods, uh, they called for the removal of dairy as a food group. Let's get some reaction to that from the dairy industry now. Alan Burga with the National Milk Producers Federation. What do you think of that comment? Well, you don't go out and, and start thinking that folks are going to be removed anytime soon. But this is where this is coming from, and, and the importance of responding dealing with the dietary guidelines. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
You may not realize how important three letters can be. For a patient who needs type A, B, can mean life, but there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it, but only about 3% of the population donate. Hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. To help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids, parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From cancer patients to accident survivors waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patient's need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. You're listening to AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, they're trying to get a lot of things worked out in Washington, D.C. before the August recess. Someone who is out there is Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association. Ryan, thanks for being with us. Uh, You're going to be able to kind of push them along, get some things done out there this week? Hey, we're going to try, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. But, yeah, it's the last session before their summer recess, and so we have uh, our board. We have more than 50 farmers that are coming out this week, and we're biofuels and infrastructure. Yeah, those are key areas. I want to get into those, uh, but real quick, there was the announcement by USDA funding for market uh, promotion programs. I know you're glad to, to see that, even though have been uh, 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 earlier. Yeah, yeah. I think that when we look at the agricultural trade promotion, a really good collaboration between the United Soybean Board, U.S. Soybean Export Council, and the American Soybean Association. And so it works with USDA to uh, receive funds that we can use with our sister organizations to advocate for new markets internationally. And and we have farmer leaders that will utilize some of these funds. We've had farmers, we have farmers right now that are in the Middle East. We had farmers last week in Asia, two weeks before that in Southeast Asia. Advocating U.S. soybeans around remarkable, and, and we use the USDA dollars all right, let's talk trade. Uh, USMCA, I'm sure you're pushing hard for that one. Yeah. It would be really nice to see that. There was a lot of hope that we were going to see that before the the August recess. Unfortunately, it did not happen. Um, the, the good news is that Speaker Pelosi and Ambassador Lighthouse is focused on negotiating how can we make sure that the House of Representatives takes up USMCA and passes it this fall. And so as a reminder to listeners, when the, the negotiation actually happens by the administration, so it's Canada, the United States, and Mexico, and, and that's negotiated by the administration, but Congress has to approve it or disapprove it. So it's a simple yes or down vote. 
and we're really hopeful and, and pushing hard this week to tell Congress we need this and we need it as soon as possible. When you get back from the recess, let's make this one of the first items to bring up. And important, during that August recess, when when members of Congress are back in their districts, push, uh, they do. I think for farmers that, that are on the radio or, or follow on social media and see an opportunity if it's at a some get to know your constituent event, Trade is really important. Passing U.S. trade with China is a really big deal. That goes a really long way. But yeah, we're we're hopeful that they can hear positive messages from the countryside during the break. Extenders, which would include a biodiesel tax credit. The industry wants to see something put in place and kept in place uh, for a while, so there's some certainty, yeah. some stability there. Uh, are you hearing anything about whether or not that's going to get done? It's it's bouncing around right now. I think the important part is finding the legislative vehicle. So that's we we have worked out the the language. I think there would be a question mark: Is this going to be a three or a four year, um, two, three or four year type of extension when we look at the biodiesel tax credit? But um, it's really finding what is the legislative vehicle that Congress is going to pass that we can attach this to. So we're, there's a lot, of, a lot of effort going into that. I think this week the message that we're delivering is whether whatever that vehicle is, we're fine with, but it's a really important factor. Like we have to have this, the, the tax credit. That would be a really big deal. And there's on biodiesel, there's also this international component, and uh, it wasn't that long ago. Almost 50% of the biodiesel mandate in the United States was, was filled by uh, biodiesel from Argentina. And, and so we went to the uh, um, Commerce Department and said, now that's fine, but the way that, uh, that Argentina subsidizes their biodiesel probably isn't the best way to go. And so we put up some um, tariffs against uh, Argentina. It was an anti-dumping and countervailing duty. And so today... Our biodiesel mandate is filled with U.S. biodiesel, and I think that's really important. I think a lot of farmers believe that's really important. So on the Hill, we're going to be reminding elected officials, hey, the administration has this countervailing anti-dumping issue with Argentina. They're talking about removing some of that, and we can't have that. We, we, in our domestic production with, um, or our domestic demand with domestic production. And what about infrastructure? Is there any movement there? Well, the Senate the Senate still says that they're going to pass an infrastructure bill this week. I, I think there's a lot of people that are raising eyebrows over that one, and if they do, what does it what does it really mean? But um, I think everybody is is working on the groundwork right now for an infrastructure bill. This will that infrastructure bill look like? Is it going to be simply funding? the existing programs that we have, maybe a couple of extras, or will it be an actual rewrite of the infrastructure legislation? A full rewrite we would love to see, that's a really big ask right now. So I think that one's, that one's still, be, uh, still to be determined. But again, we have to tell our elected officials this week, the infrastructure is our competitive advantage globally. We maintain it and improve it, and, and we, cannot, we cannot fall behind on infrastructure. 
No shortage of issues. I said this earlier, uh, nothing like <laughs> a, a re coming up to get some movement in Congress. We'll see what gets done this week. Uh, thanks a lot, Ryan. Thanks for uh, yeah. checking in with us. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Ryan Finley, CEO of the American Soybean Association. They're bored out in Washington, D.C. this week. This is week. Get done before that. And, uh, and then the Senate a week after that for their August break. All right, coming up tomorrow, we're going to talk more about this controversy moving uh, research agencies to the Midwest. And we'll get another crop update from the Eastern Corn Belt. Hope you'll join us on AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world.